60 knots? No way, Barnes. The Reds don't have anything that fast. Checked it twice. I mean, it's a real unique signature. No cavitation, no reactor noise. Doesn't even sound like screws. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. everyone welcome back to film sack this is film sack mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind this is episode 493 for the weekend of sunday december 13th my name is scott johnson and i'm joined today by brian how bad do you think that little submarine ball stinks dunaway Ooh, so bad oh hi morph it is as i said it would be the surface dwellers have descended into the deep blue and are now resting just above our alien ship in their primitive underwater observatory Likely they are here looking for their submerged metal cylinder of dead compatriots that you accidentally murdered with your power-hungry remote-operated underwater jelly vehicle. All right. I guess we need to send out the water finger to probe their deep core. What's that? You prefer the term water tube? Whatever. <laughs> just just get to probing that thing already. Five minutes later. Oh, my glorb. Did the female form just probe our probe to her meat probe and stick it in her face hole for a taste? <laughs> Does she have any idea where that probe has been? All right, I've seen enough. Retract the water tube before they do something really weird. Randy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the water tube. We'll get to that in more detail soon. Also with us, uh, as just mentioned, Randy, deep core looking for big geek Dunaway. Or no, Aloha. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. It's our, our names all they're all the same. We're the same. same. Well, we've become the same person. Yeah. Uh welcome to our undersea habitat. I'm sure that since you're Navy SEALs, the three of you, you're gonna have no problems thriving in this environment. Although I have to point out that you all look exactly alike and there's no way anyone's going to be able to tell you apart. But I have to admit that we have four or five men in this crew of wacky ocean roughnecks that I can't tell apart either. That's why we pinned a rat to the shoulder of one of them. Just, you know, just to know who's who in that one case. So y'all can just, you can call everyone bub or buddy, except rat boy and cowboy lady. And uh, then from there, you're going to get along just fine. As long as you pay attention to these three instructions I have for you. Number one, no one touches my wife slash ex-wife slash some other man's fiance. You can all direct all of your sexual energy toward the other woman on board. Number two, (laughs) because of rule number one, the other woman on board will be hiding inside our roving submersible. Hell, she sleeps in there to escape the rest of y'all. Number three, we don't follow safety procedures down here. We've all survived the certain death of the ocean depths for years by being honest with each other and by singing songs. That's all it takes. I'm sure your Navy boys aren't going to disrupt that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they won't. I'm sure they'll just sit in there and chill. They're not going to do anything. 
Celtic. They did look all the same. Except they, they had to put a mustache on Michael Bain so he could tell him apart from right, the other right. two. Yeah, which yeah. is very Johnny Rango look from uh, Tombstone. That's what I saw there when he did that. I loved it. Yeah. I loved that mustache. It reminded me of how cool it was to have just a mustache and no beard, yep. no other facial hair. They should have put that on him in that Mandalorian episode he was in. They should have just oh. stuck it up on there while he was on the oh, wall going, you. ah, look for the Jedi. Go get him or whatever. By the way, that's a great episode and everyone should watch it. Also with us, Brian. <laughs> He's like a liquid breathing rat, Ibit. Oh, so funny because my, up until half an hour ago, my intro was going to be uh, that rat's agent calling him and trying to talk him into uh, doing the the under, you know, stuck in the cage under. A, oh man, a we missed out. The punchline was going to be the punchline was going to be, uh, how do you feel about Ziploc bags? But um, <laughs> but then I yeah. came up with this one, and I hope you like it more. All right, All right here we go. Right. NC. Okay, bud, looks like you've officially recorded the deepest suit dive in history. How do you feel about that? Oh, oh, he's typing something. <laughs> Call Guinness. <laughs> oh, bud. All right. <clears throat> You're about a mile down now, bud. Uh, how are you doing? Everything okay? Uh, Doc wants to know if you're feeling any pressure effects. Hands, and then the letter R, and shaking. Hmm, his finger must have bumped the R key, because I don't understand hands shaking i don't know anyway all right you're at uh, twelve thousand feet just just focus on my voice listen to my voice focus on me okay he's typing something wait a minute it's, it's a red circle with a slash what looks like a teardrop and then a picture of a baby i, I don't understand any of this how is he typing symbols oh man he must really be having trouble with the pressure he typed three light bulbs and a down arrow <laughs> Could that, could that be some sort of malfunction of the equipment? Oh, oh, he's typing something new. Alien face, spaceship, sad face, TV, heart, 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 smiley face, life preserver. Okay, you must be dead. Go ahead and switch off all the equipment. We're done here. <laughs> emojis in the abyss. That's a great emojis, idea. Right? Yeah, I'd be all about more emojis in that world. There was too, that was too yeah, much yeah. simple text. ASCII text. Boring. Let's bring it. Exactly. It takes forever current. to type. No, no way. Yeah. And there's no way I could have typed in and spelt correctly Guinness. Right. Oh, well, he did. Yeah. He spelled yeah. it with one N. Okay. Even watching the film <laughs> with no pressure at all, I yeah. still wasn't sure. He spelled it G-I-N-E-S. <laughs> like that. That's right. Like who's Guinness? Who's Guinness? Yeah. Who's, who's Guinness? <laughs> Somebody call Guinness. <laughs> What's a Guinness? Oh, what does funny. Guinness have to do with anything? The the movie is The Abyss, everybody. And yeah, that's right. We uh, So this is kind of a weird, twisty thing that we got around to seeing The Abyss finally. Because The Abyss has been devoid of any streaming and Blu-ray and anything else for the longest time. Still not on Blu-ray um, right now. Like regular Blu-ray, not even yeah, 4K yeah. Blu-ray. Which is really weird, uh, given its history of being like this big widescreen expansive beautiful you know beautifully shot not, and filmed thing not uh, to mention the fact that cameron released at least five different editions of terminator <laughs> like right, special right. editions and director's cuts or of, of terminator 2 i should say yeah and and to not even release one blu-ray edition of this just seems like I either he's, he's I, waiting for something or he's forgotten that he ever did this movie <laughs> i think he's i think he's still mad at ed harris I think that's there's there was a big I mean there was there was some nasty stuff on that scene like them yeah. them making this film was not just uh disagreements or creative you know little squabbles or anything like that like I'll t check out these quotes from Ed Harris Ed Harris has publicly refused to speak about his experiences working on the film saying the following I'm not talking about the abyss and I never will unquote 
The only register with uh, Harris speaking, or the only time anybody has anything with him talking about the movie was this quote in the documentary called Under Pressure, Making the Abyss. Uh, he said this. Um, oh, no, this was uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastriano. I can't say her name. Master Antonio. Master Antonio. There you yes, go. Yeah. I hate her name. Uh, anyway, Aww. it says, The Abyss was a lot of things. Fun to make was not one of them. And then Harris... <laughs> Uh, one of the very few things Harris added was asking me how I was treated on the abyss is like asking a soldier how he was treated in Vietnam. (laughs) Well, all right. And he does have a point. I watched the making of, there's a making of documentary on the, on the Lamo special edition, Blu-ray or DVD, Mm -hmm, two disc, whatever I've got right here. Um, and it's called under pressure, I think is the name of the documentary. I think it is called that, yeah. Yeah, they interview um, uh, everybody as they're making the movie, and they talk about all the things that went wrong. Because you're dealing with, basically, they had to find this this giant uh, water treatment facility in South Carolina. In yeah, Brian, right at the road. State, and fill it with water. And then, because Lightwood still, it's still not, you know, as deep, of course, as the ocean that they want to uh, present. So, they had to put these horrible plastic black beads all over the surface of the water, these plastic beads that float and cluster together and get stuck in everything and to block out the light so they could control the light underneath. They had tarp issues. They had hurricane rainstorm issues. They couldn't, um, the only way they could hear each other directing completely underwater was through one feed that James Cameron had in everybody's ear. So, the cameraman would have to tell or the cinematographer would have to tell James Cameron something. And then he go, all right, the cinematographer wants you to move forward about a foot. No, nope, <laughs> no. Nope. Now he wants you to move back about a foot. Wow. And even the clapboard, because they still need to sync up mouth and sound. Right. Instead of clacking it in the water, they'd bunk it on the heads of the helmets of the people in the scene because that's the only way they could hear it. Oh, they wouldn't <laughs> well, know it otherwise. Go, yeah. If we can get meta a bit, I had, I would rather talk about, the making of this film than the substance of the film. Like interesting. I, I sat what we all want. Like, we do both. <laughs> well, we can. I'm just saying, I'm just saying between the two, uh-huh. like I, like we all sat and watched this three hour long thing. And there's a lot of the, in the three hour version, there's a lot of, of stuff added to yeah. the film that it doesn't need a lot of waiting, but, mm. but the, the plot is super, super, super thin. And I'm sorry, but, James Cameron's not a good writer. Like he's he's a, he may be a great director, he may be a fantastic project manager. I don't know how he did this, you know. But like I want to talk about how he almost died making this movie. Right. Yeah, like right. that's a very interesting thing. It's way more interesting than how uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio's character almost died. Like it's you know what I'm saying? Like mm, room full just... of men pounding on a naked lady's chest. Come on now, sounds like fun. <laughs> Yelling at her, calling her, slapping her, calling her a bitch. I mean, this is oh, this is man. like uh, if she wasn't set on divorcing him before. Right? Yeah, you right. All, more... you, all you did was help her file the damn paperwork. At this point, In the crew. Yeah. So the crew just told me what. You said what you called me and what you did to me while I was uh, right. <laughs> recovering what was with it? the battles. What the hell, man? Was that <laughs> not the most CPR trope you've ever seen in your life? Yes. That was oh, from, yeah. from oh, yeah. start to finish. That was the most CPR thing I've ever seen. It was long so. too. Like, uh, and you know, part yeah. of me was like, "What makes this thing two hours and forty five minutes or whatever it is?" And and I, I you know, kind of just like, "Well, do they just extend this scene out?" Or you know, what did they do in this edition of the film? And 
there was a point when they were doing that CPR over and over and then stopping and then starting again and then stopping that I went, oh, this is the scene that added all the time because my <laughs> right, gosh, right. it took so long and, to do that. Yeah. That was crazy. I, I would like to have a supercut of all Lieutenant Coffee's character just staring and looking freaked out. I think oh, yeah. <laughs> that alone would tell you where about 30 minutes the movie is. Yeah, if that's can, a good point. I can tell you, I'm absolutely certain. I did not watch both versions, but I'm absolutely certain the shorter version does not have a extended 25-minute submarine chase scene that ends with yes. the main bad guy getting crushed. I, I promise you. I know it, was, it has it was, the scene. It just isn't as long. Uh, it, I, I watched the. Uh, I watched it before we got our better version that Ibit sent us. So I'd already seen it on the Amazon Prime and yeah. and was murdered by the the four by three aspect ratio. Yeah. Uh it was pretty long, even yeah. in the two hour still one. Still long, still yeah. It's still a long yeah, movie either way. Long. Um and, and yeah, here's the thing. Like when I was yeah. younger, this thing was like this the essence of cool. Uh when it came out, 89, I remember thinking, oh, there's no cooler thing to see right now than the Abyss. We're all talking about the Abyss. Everyone should see the Abyss. And we did and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was amazing. And I'd already loved Aliens. And so in my head, I was like, well, this is my new director. This James Cameron fella can do no wrong. He's just going to... I've been watching too much Fargo. I just said fella. Anyway, it's, <laughs> it's going it's to change know. our lives. This guy's going to go on to be one of the greatest filmmakers or at least biggest filmmakers of all time, which I think is true. Greatest, maybe not. But biggest, oh, yeah. certainly true. And uh, and I just couldn't get enough of it. And then Terminator and all, you know, it just my whole life was James Cameron for a while there. But this one always felt special to me because it was before things went crazy for him. Crazy enough from his success on Aliens that he could, you know, have some money, $70 million, which is, at the time was a crap ton of money. And I didn't know about any of these problems, the strife or the, you know, the fight, infighting or the near drownings of multiple people and all that stuff. So to me, this was just like really great filmmaking. And it wasn't until now that I really started digging into it before we watched it that I found out about any of this stuff. I didn't know it was all fraught <laughs> right. with problems and yeah infighting and everything and it sounded bad like none of those none of those people like cameron's famous for dragging people through various films together he's got regulars that he likes schwarzenegger and and in this case the only real guy that he takes along with him is michael bean uses him a lot and that's it yeah it feels like this movie should have had uh paxton right because he would have been right at home i could easily have seen harris's character being paxton Mm -hmm. oh yeah totally or or at this stage of his career more of the hudson role which was like the other the whiny dude that had the rat rat man guy rat rat boy yeah Yeah, he could be perfect he was was basically hudson from aliens in a lot of weird ways not as good but what's funny is the thing that he did right before this the thing that he directed right before this was a music video for a band called martini ranch had one hit in the in the late 80s called reach and it was uh, this cowboy thing about a you know like uh, uh techno cowboy music mm-hmm. electric cowboy music yeah. and um the music video features bill paxton who was a member of this band martini ranch for one album oh no way mm. That's martini I, don't, ranch. I, don't I want some of that with my chicken <laughs> when you when you see the similarities between this and aliens you know the the things like mm-hmm. tra- trapped inside with corridors and doors that doors that are huge and heavy and swing shut and lock and all this mm-hmm. like i don't think you want any of the same actors from aliens in this movie well you have, you know, just, you have hicks too <laughs> i mean you, get, you, you have at least hicks but uh, yeah you're right i mean my, my my whole point though is like he he doesn't 
he doesn't pull like nobody else wants to ever work with him again is what we yeah. hear and that's from this movie after from this, this movie, movie right. no one on this movie ever wants to work right. with him again. right except for except Ed for Harris. hicks because hicks is like hey, i already did this in 86 with aliens i'm good just keep moving just keep mm-hmm. going i don't know ed harris but he seems like maybe the nicest guy in hollywood He's he a pretty seems, nice guy from all accounts. Yeah. He seems, super he seems nice. like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super, super. Piss him off is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, if you dr- almost drown him multiple times and you treat him <laughs> out. Well, this movie, he out. proved he sure can yell at you, though. Holy shit, he can yell. Oh, yeah. That guy's got lungs. I have too many clips of him yelling, and I can't wait to play them today. But, um, yeah, he's a, he's a we, yeller. What do we think of when we think of Ed Harris? What movie? Well, oh, Trump. What, uh, besides this? Oh, oh yeah, for me, yeah, yeah, I think I, of there's a couple I the, think of immediately. The baseball one, right? Uh, was there a baseball one? Wasn't there a baseball one he was in? Oh, you're thinking of the natural, maybe that was the natural. No, that yeah, was. was uh, he, he I mean, no, I should probably. I think know Robert Redford was the main guy in there, but wasn't he also in that? I don't think so. He was in the right yeah. stuff. Are you thinking of that? Oh, I, I'm th- <laughs> I must I, be. I'm for so I'm for some reason picturing him in a baseball uniform. Oh, okay. You he know, he played John he wasn't Glenn like in the right one of the stuff. baseball players in Field of Dreams or something, was he? What's weird? So, in, so in the right stuff, he played Glenn or Scott Glenn. Yeah, great role. Was, great role. Uh, yeah, he was great in that. It's the first time I ever saw him do anything. And then, uh, oh, and we just lost Chuck Yeager, who was also depicted in that oh, yeah. film by yeah. uh, mm-hmm. guy who died also recently. Can't think of his name. Anyway, the point is that was the first time I'd ever seen him. The Abyss was the second time. But then the the ones I love the most, I think, are things like The Rock. Uh, he's the mm. bad guy. Well, the good slash bad guy in The Rock, who's kind of nebulous in terms of whether he should be the villain or not. I loved him in that. Um, kind of. I don't. Oh. I feel like he can't do any wrong. I just think he's awesome. I, I think uh, in the Truman, Truman Show. show. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That, Truman that's Show's where great. he. Yep. If if it wasn't for him, the Truman Show would not be the movie it is. You know what's weird? That's only ten years after this. Right. That is really that's weird. Weird. Here's, here's something else that's weird. He was in Field of Dreams, but only as the voice, the narrator. Oh, uh, so that's not what I'm. That's apparently not how I'm remembering him. Oh, that is weird. Because <laughs> yeah. I could have sworn I remember seeing him in a baseball uniform, like an oldie, old style. He's been in. Yeah. Uh, what is what is uniform. that? I I can see it as well. What? what I don't know what that is. I'm also picturing it now. He's in like an old timey baseball yeah. uniform. Yeah. I can't. Oh, that's gonna uh, annoy me. I'm now. gonna find it. Yeah, He's, you gotta find it. But he's really compelling that. on Westworld. He's really just an interesting dude. Pollock is amazing. That's the one he won his oh, Oscar I for. Oh, about Pollock. He's, yeah. uh, or did he win? I know he's nominated. I can't remember. But he was fantastic in that. He's the uh, the engine guy in uh, Snowpiercer, the, the, the main. Oh, right. The guy that he's, that, uh, Chris, Chris, the bad guy, the guy that he's trying to, that, that Chris What's-His-Face is trying to get to. Evans, yeah. Oh, Chris What's-His-Face. So I, I just want to point out, like, <laughs> he, was in, he was in The Abyss and Field of Dreams back-to-back. And those were two of the VHS tapes that I was constantly tracking. So I was, a, you know, I was a kid, and these movies were coming out, and my parents were misers, and and we were not going to the theater. We were going to the blockbuster, which wasn't blockbuster; it was like Hastings or something. And we were we were going to this movie store uh, a year after the movies had come out and renting them right and and it was like this was like a big deal like i would go down there and and i would walk around and be i'd be paying attention to the the where they had seven copies of something and they were always out right because that's what i wanted i wanted that and so i saw the abyss and field of dreams and i remember i remember the the VHS covers and I remember them going home and I remember sitting in the living room and watching those movies for the first time and feeling like 
wow, this is, you know, like this is what entertainment is supposed to be. And, and then I, I realized later, like I never regarded this movie at all because I only ever saw it on a crappy little TV mm. and four by three oh, yeah. on VHS, you know, like I just didn't have and not on laser disc. In one of the biggest theaters here in Colorado. I remember it was the, the, uh, the continental which is down in south in South Denver, big screen, and it's just perfect for this thing. That's where John Wick goes and uh, stays in the hotel, <laughs> the Continental. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, now, like uh, Randy, that's a, that's really interesting because there I have other movies like that in my history that are definitely like that, but for whatever reason, this one snuck in as uh, as as me getting to see it in its full glory, and as a result, I've always held it in just like really high esteem. And I, as I'm sitting here saying this, I realize I've got this thing with James Cameron where I love, because I'm not going to disagree with you on his his writing is simple. Okay, there's uh-huh. a simplicity to it, but his concepts are broad, and they're and they're massive, and he goes to great lengths to to get to his concept and make it work on film. So I would say, yeah, Avatar is a poorly written film. It's just simple. It's just a super simple concept. But the world he wants to build and the larger concept is massive. And well, he pulls that, that off for me, with, and I guess I'm a sucker for it. Now that, that starts I think with about The it. Abyss. This is the first movie where he really goes balls to the wall yeah. as a filmmaker. Yeah. Before this, like you have The Terminator, the first one. And it's like it's like a, he's, he's an auteur at that moment, right? He's trying to get – he's trying to make the most out of the least, right? Right. And, that, and, and there's a difference here between these two. I, I like The Terminator a lot more. Because it's not you can you can tell that you're looking at something that someone has been thinking about a lot, and you know like this is a lot more like you can tell that you're looking at something that someone has been building a lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like building the set, making the costumes and everything look just perfectly right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that there's so much focus on the you know the habitat they're in and. The you know the oh my god can you imagine how bad it smells in there? Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> like, and you can because it comes yeah. through. It yeah. really really comes through. He he. So I think what I like about the abyss, because I, I, I still really I enjoyed it last night. Like I really loved watching it again. And I think part of that is you know I just have fond feelings for it and back in the day and whatever when I first saw it and stuff. But part of it is I think. He well, he is doing that thing you're you're saying where he's finding his what the what his groove will be. I mean, even literally to the lighting, like all that blue lighting is James Cameron as shit. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just that's how it was going to be forever up till today, with the exception of maybe I don't know. Titanic got blue light lit sometimes, but for the most part, Titanic had bright sunlight and stuff, and that was unusual for him. But but that tone and that kind of his canvas was getting laid out in the abyss, and. I'm shocked how certain things held up. Like that water probe thing still looks good. Like, yeah, I don't know amazing. how it looks oh, now. The, could we make the, it look the, better? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, could we do better the tube, today? The water tube. Yeah, the, the water tube. tube could be better today for sure. But for what it is and where it is in the context of the film, that looks all right. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty dark. I good. can see why at the time everybody lost their shit. They were like, oh my gosh, the future of film is here. Like, this is going to be amazing. But it certainly wasn't the uh, alien design work. Oh, no, that was, yeah, some of that stuff. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad, though, because this was before CGI, obviously, for a lot of this stuff. I mean, the the water tube, of course, was CGI. But the the aliens were practical effects with weird lighting and 
and green screen superimposed yeah. and having their little simple yeah. movements of like nodding their head and blinking yes. their eyes and stuff it's like so that horrible it's still, it's still, <laughs> but it's still kind of it's you still know it's pretty like, it's quaint yeah. You, know what, you know what always takes me out of these kind of movies is when they had the aliens have extra long fingers and the <laughs> fingers are always like just bobbing up and down, shaking. And I'm like, hey, those fingers are useless. They're, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> you can't pick anything. I'm like, you yeah, alien, you know what? Like we've technology. come a long way with puppetry. As I was just remarking, I rewatched the up till the point we are at right now in the Mandalorian with my daughter because she was behind and we wanted to be ready for the finale. So I watched we'll them with her again and they're fantastic. Speaking of Michael Bean, he's in that one. But anyway, um, the puppetry on the, on Grogu, <laughs> baby Yoda is, is really great. What? Like, yeah, big spoiler, spoiler. three episodes ago. But anyway, they, it's a fantastic <laughs> bit of puppetry work and you know, it's a puppet. You always, you just always know, right? Listen, like you never like under the impression that there's an actual organic creature there, but there's something about the puppetry that actually is brings so much charm to that character and that's hard to do when you're just saying, well, what if they were like butterfly underwater freaking squid people? How do we make them seem endearing and move okay? Like with a little bit of finger twitch from Baby Yoda, it's no big deal. You're just like, ah, whatever. It's that's cute. With these things, right. when you when the fingers are bobbing funny and just like whatever, you're like, oh, well, there's a string probably there, and there's somebody's controlling it, and they're not very good at this job, and and it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> but I'm with Ibit in that overall, like. There's still something about the 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 visuals of that underwater stuff and those creatures and their big weird ship shit and all that that I really like. Like I don't know what it is. There's, maybe my imagination takes over because yes, some of the effects don't hold up as well. Him getting sucked down into the tube by the hand of the thing didn't look good anymore. You know, some of that stuff was weird, but. All the underwater things, the fighting, the the f- feeling of depth and that they were so low down there, that all felt legit to me still. And I maybe really liked it. I'd put this up there maybe, with close encounters. Like that you know, that I would I would if you said to me, the, What do you like more? I'd say, I don't know. I think they kind of sit in the same shelf for me. Right. And that's that's oh, the yeah. problem because uh this is this is ten years later, right? After uh close encounters. So I was expecting more we'd already seen et at this point and i was thinking surely we're gonna do something different well okay but a, a big part of that is that uh cameron in my opinion foolishly tries to make the end of the movie a huge surprise mm. like you're, you they try they don't they don't succeed but they try to make it so that you're like, okay, he has to he has to be the one that goes down and disarms the bomb because they can't trust the Navy SEALs anymore. And we've spent hours getting getting you to that point, getting you to that thought. And then when Bud goes down to disable the thing, you're thinking about that. You're supposed to be thinking about that, the bomb. That's right. the problem. That's the bad guy. Mm. And then you're supposed to be surprised, right? Mm. When he when he is now uh, you know, finding meeting the aliens again, even though you've met them a little bit, but you didn't meet them much. You're supposed to forget about them, right? And then there's a surprise. It does. It doesn't work because all of the alien story in this movie is packed into like three minutes at the very end. Well, unless you unless you watch the special edition, which you get nice, nice, twenty yeah. minutes of aliens, and it that's what uh that was one of the things that made me think about it at the very end. I was like, uh, if if you're a storyteller and you come at me with this story. It's like once that end happens, I'm like, man, you really buried the lead because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we're, we just we just changed everything because well, it's it's Cameron saying this isn't an alien movie. It's a 
man versus earth movie or man versus his environment right. movie. It's, it's, right. it's man's inhumanity to man movie is what it is, mm-hmm. which is, which is usually good. That's usually what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you? Uh, I mean, no. you, sometimes <laughs> like what, what, what I liked about the man versus man bit in this was it adheres to my love of the subgenre known as space madness. Now this isn't in space. Ah. It's underwater. But it's essentially that. Like, Might that's well what be. they've yeah. created. And I love that. I love that I'm going crazy in here. It's just too much. Uh, think, you know, um, what's the movie we like with, uh, oh, shit. With, um, Ar- what would you, what'd you say? Armageddon has a space. Oh, are, yeah, there's some of that. Uh, oh, but yeah. The this one is, I'm thinking is like, of is uh, Armageddon stole this whole movie. What are you talking about? What's the one where <laughs> Sam Neill gets all cracky and gross and his eyes are puck- plucked out? What was that called? So, oh, uh, oh, Event Horizon, Event Horizon. Yeah. Event Event Horizon, Horizon another good Horizon. example. Like I love Stuck in Space. Pandora is another one I love where they just are like, ah, oh, we're all going to lose it. We're all going crazy or at least one of us is and you got to watch that guy. When we see Sunshine finally, there's a bit of that in there. Like I love that stuff. So this also plays around with those tropes hardcore. Like Randy, you were right earlier and you're like, yeah, the corridors and the, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot like, uh, you know, we're in Aliens again which is probably what appeals to me about aliens. And so uh, I was all for that. I guess it's just tickling all those little things for me without right. it being actually very brilliant. It's not like this is right. incredible writing or anything or even acting. The, it's thing, just- the thing is, it feels like a movie tacked onto a movie, which is unfortunate because it could have been both. It could have, it could have been a really interesting uh, adventure romp along with a science fiction exploration and, you know, conflict story. <laughs> At the same time, instead of this hard right turn at the end where we're like, oh, whoa, we're, now we're over here and the aliens, they can talk to him via using our television clips. That's interesting. Oh, I guess that's over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost wonder if that's the reason that they took that out is because they didn't want to confuse the fact that it's all right. It's a, it's this kind of movie. No, it's an alien movie. Let's take the alien stuff out and have just a little bit of alien stuff in there. That really doesn't really the only purpose of the aliens in the non, like in the theatrical version is just to save Ed Harris's life at the end. Right. Right. Because other than that, there's really no purpose. There's no danger of the giant tidal wave. That's going to wipe out. Yeah, they didn't show any of that in the theater version, right? None of that. No, stuff. no. That's so interesting because my memory is, I remember them saying, I remember bits about don't stop killing yourselves, humans be better. I remember that message, mm-hmm. but I don't remember, you know, the title wave. And they have that. Of- they have the you know stop killing yourselves because don't they show? Now I'm confused on how much they show in the theatrical version because I've watched both this weekend. Um, I only watched the theatrical version. Say the way, the way I remember it is so they what, were what actually... Do they, what do the aliens show him in the... So, in the, so my memory of that is they were showing pot. him on screens stuff that humans do to each other, like riots and fights and war no, footage and stuff that. like that, but not any of the footage of, hey, guess what's going on upstairs right now? We got these huge tidal waves that are about to crash and everything. They don't do oh, any so of that. There's, 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 none of that. Of, there's, there's none of that. In they, the, just show them, they just show them the... Um, the text message. The, the text messaging. Right. That's it. <laughs> they don't show any of the, the screen stuff. Part is yeah. that it's like he's watching the same text messaging, like shot the same with the camera panning over the letters as they appear, as we right. saw when he was actually typing them. Yeah. Weird. So it, it it was pulled from his own brain, right? And, and so right. I I thought it was kind of an interesting. I like it better the way I saw it because I can then pretend like 
the aliens communicate through reflection because they did it earlier with the water tube. And then they, Mm -hmm. you know, they just keep showing them back the same things. And it's like saying, it's like repeating words back that you're hearing. You're trying to learn the language. Certainly makes them less judgy than in the uh, special edition. They're just the super judgiest aliens. Like, yeah, we're coming to your planet. We're going to judge you. And if we don't like it, we're just going to wipe you guys out, move yeah, on to yeah. another planet and see what else we can find. Yeah, Did anyone true. else be reminded of Douglas Adams? A little bit. Anyone? There's yeah. some. Oh, uh, I didn't even think about it until he brought the, it up. But obviously very self-serious and not much humor, but yeah. The yeah. the fifth book of the Hitchhiker's Guide trilogy, I always loved that, is called Mostly Harmless. And there's a story in there about a race of aliens called the Grebulons who they uh they end up in earth's uh solar system and they are missing their memories and the only thing they can figure out from their instructions is that they're supposed to monitor something so they spend the rest of their lives monitoring earth's uh tv and radio transmissions yeah. mm-hmm. and they're just sitting out there and uh, like all they do is <laughs> is take in entertainment basically right it's like total straight up like- rip off of yeah. this movie uh, that's like a rip off of explorers come on i mean We've seen that here, right? Explorers? Explorers? No. Not on no. here. On this show? Okay. No. Maybe not. No. Okay, Hold on. maybe not. All right. Quick sack. Let's no, it's not it Explorers. It's the uh, Fly the Navigator. I got that back. Have we done that, too? Fly the Navigator. Hold on. Flight. Yeah, Fly the Navigator is the one where uh, the alien... Oh, all I, hate to, is I hate to break it to you. We have crash. not watched Flight of the Navigator, either. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, Mostly Harmless comes out about three years after The Abyss, mm. but Uh-oh. probably Douglas Adams could have only seen the theatrical version, probably. Also, isn't the fifth so, one written by his son or something? Like, he died before. Or no. No, no, no that's this not, not right. This is like 92. Douglas Adams died uh, mm. uh, like 10 years later. Yeah, but hold on. He wasn't that old. Oh, you're saying 95 the year. So no, yeah. he died the same year as my dad did, which was 2001. I always remember that. But then there was a fifth. I thought the fifth book came out after him and it used part yep. of his work and somebody else did it. And that's why I've avoided the yep. fifth book. Nope. The fifth book is called Mostly Harmless. I'm telling you, it came out in 1992. I uh, It was a big, <sighs> big deal to me. <laughs> what am time. I thinking of then? Uh, Isn't there another book that came the, out? There's a sixth book that uh, uh, Ian Colfer that's uh, the one. wrote. Uh, called uh, it's called something like and another thing and yeah, yeah I've right. avoided that book too yeah I didn't watch it for that reason or read it and but I have read five so now my brain hurts that's what's going on right now <laughs> uh, yeah we haven't unflighted the navigator either we should probably get that on the list because that seems like a movie we should watch it's so much so that Brian Dunaway is sure we've watched it <laughs> but we have it's funny how many of these come up every week that did we watch this one I don't know if we watched no we definitely did that one we didn't do that one oh uh, wow okay like I, did we, we ever it. do um uh shoot what's the one where the kid gets hired by the ah it's the last starfighter did we ever do that yes. oh yeah yes we like definitely did last starfighter. we didn't do it hold on oh, what totally the last starfighter we totally did the last starfighter Star. like they train him using video games because the only time i've ever i've ever seen it was for film sack we haven't done it i'm looking yeah, right I, now I, I don't think i've seen that movie <laughs> What? Really? Maybe, maybe me and Ibit watched it. That's one that's a hundred percent on my list that I know we watched it. Oh my gosh. We yeah. have a fifth member of this show. His name is Nelson Mandela and he's the yeah, ghost. And he's for here. sure, yeah. Mandela. His name is wow. Nelson Mandela and we've watched him many times. Yeah, no kidding. No, that's we, crazy because Ibit, I'm with you. That's... I was pretty sure we had two, and I don't know why we haven't. That's nuts. Yeah, I'm looking just to verify in the RSS, make sure the site's not wrong. Yeah, we have not done last Starfighter. Wow. <laughs> Is there another movie where they train the... Uh... I don't know. 
maybe. <laughs> I just I have such I have such strong fond memories of the last Starfighter, and there's a new one of those getting made by somebody we like, and I forgot all the details on it. Nice. Yes. Wow. Just forget it. Yep. We'll Let's see forget it for now. Let's just let it be what it's going to be. Hey, I got a. I got some. I got some scrutiny. Hold on. Where the hell is it? Scrutiny. All right. The studio's considering the following names: Mel Gibson, Dennis Quaid, William Hurt, Harrison Ford, Kurt Russell, and Patrick Swayze to play the role of Virgil Bud Brigman. Do we buy it? <laughs> Virgil Bud Brigman. Uh, I usually don't, but in this case, I kind of do because this this could have been Ed, Ed Harris is the perfect choice. It feels like, but it really could have been any of those guys. It, could, would, have brought, it would have brought something different to the role, yeah. but it would have been uh, it would have been believable. Kurt Russell is the one I could totally see. Could oh, I couldn't. See I couldn't at all. I I needed I needed uh, this character to be old enough to have been really highly experienced but just young enough to be able to do everything that it physically demanded. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I needed someone that's about 40. You know what I mean? Like there's just this thing about Ed Harris. He's the, he's the oldest young man around, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's yeah, funny is now he's the coolest old man around right and he's, he's old as old, dirt, but, but he's, time, it's still cool though. He's thin and he's like, like yeah. badass. Like, you know how suddenly lately Christian Bale became 60 years old, like yeah. just suddenly, like, <laughs> and, and you know, he's not, you know, he's, he's still a young man and can still do physical things. That's what Ed Harris is here. And I'm glad that they didn't have it be someone like Tom Cruise because he would have just been too young for me to buy you know that he has all this experience and 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 he's you know you know uh, still like like ed harris has this real earnestness about his mm-hmm. his forlorn situation you know mm-hmm. yeah. i just can't imagine anyone else uh sorry i got a, a christian bell on the line would like to uh thank you for what you said and he has this to say oh no there you go did you hear that he's super quiet Oh man, it's super quiet as then I can't even. You know why? Because I turned off the thing. Hey, here you go. Now you can hear it. Oh, good for you. There you go. That's what I meant to play. (laughs) (laughs) He's forty six. Christian Bale, Bale, by the way, is is uh, is fifty. I'm sorry, forty six. You're right. Forty six. Forty six this year. And like I say, it's just recently, like that he is suddenly in this Ed Harris spot. That, that Harris was in an abyss. And I love that spot, by the way. Yeah, I, I think it's too. really cool for an actor to seem very old. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a, the only way to put it yeah. to seem much older than he, he or she actually is yeah. and still have the, uh, you know, the physical abilities. Yeah. I, I, tend I to hear agree. Christian Bale though is currently gaining weight and uh, for his role of being a 60 year old. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he'll quickly lose I, like all of it. And then that's not healthy yeah. either. He'll just Did any of, have any of you watched Ford versus Ferrari on Netflix? Yeah, no. no. Oh, well not on Netflix. I saw in theaters. Yeah. All right. It's, it's been, it's just been sitting there forever. I know. I just wanting need to, to see it. Watched. I want to watch it. It's it's a real good movie. Yeah. Um, I I I think uh, you should watch it, Scott. It's I think one, you would like it. I think I would too. It's yeah. one of those movies. I just know if my dad was still around, we would he would lose his mind mm-hmm. over. He loves car stuff like that. He would have loved it. Uh, Ed Harris, by the way, seventy years old this year. Uh, just turned on t- November twenty eighth. Just turned big seven zero. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, a couple of interesting bits of trivia here. This was. Uh, uh, about the rat real oxygenated fluorocarbon fluid was used in the rat fluid breathing scene dr jonathan's krista and dr peter bennett of duke university pioneered the technique and consulted on the film 
They gave detailed instructions on how to prepare the fluid. The only reason for cutting to the actors' faces was to avoid showing the rats taking a shit from the momentary panic they had. <laughs> I love that. I'm yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I'm honest, I may do that too if I'm drowning. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But that sure. rat was really doing the the liquid breathing, which is that stuff yeah. so fascinating to me. I was watching that so closely and it just feels like it could have been such a an ASPCA uh whoa kind of moment, yeah. but um no i mean you you can tell that thing is not like a little animatronic rat or a little you know mm-hmm. puppet or anything like that it's it's a real rat and it's really breathing and and figuring itself out under it's, that stuff i think it's, it's very at, effective at the, the way that looks. at the time watching this movie in its time i remember being amazed by it and not so appalled by it mm-hmm. but now that you know in 2020 when this one of the three lookalike Navy SEALs grabs this thing and, and starts to kill it. And the actor playing rat boy says, you're going to kill her. Like now I'm appalled. I'm like, why not just tell the guy what you're doing? Why not just say some words, yeah. you know, like I'm mad at the characters, yeah. all of them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I remember watching this movie as a kid and I wasn't mad at all. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That rat was the, uh, I don't know. I wonder if there was only one rat. You always wonder because, like in movies, it's like, oh, we used eight oh, yeah. dogs to get this done. Yeah. So maybe yeah, they the, used like the a bunch trivia of rats. somewhere has that they had like six different rats that they had to go through, and the the one that was that was primarily in the scene under the pink fluid uh, died of natural causes a couple of years later. They were like, <laughs> oh, a couple of years. All right, I was going to say a couple of days. I'm like, yeah, natural causes. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Is drowning a natural cause? But I mean, yeah. you figure that they had to probably do that scene a few times, right? Because the the shot we get is the is the rat looking towards the camera, mm-hmm. like it wriggles around in there, and then is pointing towards the camera, going oh, 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 even with his breathing. Yeah. But you figure <laughs> yeah. that there had to be times where you know it was like facing the other way, times when it just yeah. didn't, yeah. where it looked maybe more painful or more unpleasant, and they couldn't use that. Probably, I would have kept them pooping in the scene just because. Let's get real here. This rat is going to freaking freak out, man. Yeah. Another thing that I never noticed back then that was on my mind the whole freaking movie this time was that this is a human being who lives in an underwater habitat and has decided to basically imprison his pet on his shoulder at, like all day, every day. And I'm just like, why are you like, I hate you. You're a bad person. He was don't a bad that, actor. Too. Don't make that rat. So that rat's terrified. And you could tell it was kind of, it was probably uh, anesthetized. It was probably like, <laughs> you know, the, the rat was, was a little bit drugged for yeah. the making of the movie, probably you know, but yeah, <laughs> to calm him down yeah. a little bit. I, I mean, honestly though, that guy, there's just quick moment on the rat guy. He's a, He's the worst actor in this movie. He's terrible. <laughs> he kind of is, yeah. Hip, yeah, hippie's a bit of a hippie. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a hippie. It's also his yeah. name. But also, he should have been. Um, <laughs> should have been. That's that should have been. What's his name? Uh, Hudson Paxton. Paxton. Yeah. Yeah. Like bring Paxton yeah. forward. What's he doing that night? Probably nothing. Come on, get him in mm-hmm. there. Um. All right. Check this out. So it says Ed Harris reportedly punched James Cameron in the face after he kept filming while he was nearly drowning. Now, I'm just going to assume for a second that's true, because why not? All right. Yeah, it's I 100% believe that. Yeah. <laughs> if that's true, what scene do we think it was? Was it when he took the helmet off and horked up all that water? Was it in mm. some other scene where... Well, so they, let me back up a second, because they talk about the rat doing, breathing the um, embryonic fluid stuff, but... Ed Harris didn't, right? Like right. Ed Harris, correct. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was that was like a special helmet that no, 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 had no. the fluid between Oh no no. It was just filled up with, with pink water and Ed Harris would uh, put it on, they'd fill it up, and then he would hold his breath and, and they would get face. about thirty seconds to a minute of footage. Yeah. And, then, and then repeat. They would let him recover. That's, that's where he drowned. Or almost drowned. Almost drowned. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? what I think that's true. I think you're, that's probably where we had a problem. Because he had to do that thing where not only was he holding his breath, but he had to make this face that made him look like he was inhaling that water. Yeah. And he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And also, freaking gross, dude. Gross. Like, mm, inhaling yes. and exhaling your freaking water supply, your goo supply f- for however long you have enough oxygen in it is freaking gross. It's not my gross pick of the week, but it's gross. Nope. No, I do have, I think I've got your gross pick of the week. Are we, are we no, ready for that? Might as well do it here. Gross. <laughs> what do it's, you think? It's uh, fishing your wedding ring out of a toilet. And then putting it on your finger without washing it off first. Like you'll wash your hands, but there's going to be stuff that's underneath that ring on your skin. Yep, that's going to be a big thing for correct. Well they, done. Didn't yeah, you blue. love they they were so good on the continuity of that hand? It, it, it faded throughout the movie, but it stayed <laughs> yeah, blue. That blue stuff, like I know they, it's like a hyper strong chemical, whatever you'd have in a place like that. I totally get it. It's like the yeah. plane stuff, right? The airplanes the have plane that stuff. stuff exactly. Yeah. But uh, man, putting your head down there and fishing it out. Oh, I used to work for a guy who did this once. Lost his ring, getting up from the toilet. It fell into the toilet. And got flushed down with the rest of his business. And he thought he could reach up in there and get it because it'd be too heavy to make it to the next pipe. And he could like curl huh. around and pull it out. <laughs> and he roll. he's in like a full suit, takes off his jacket, rolls his tie up, tucks it in his shirt, and then rolls his sleeve up to his freaking bicep. And I watched him just freaking prostate exam that toilet so hard. <laughs> just, just his arm all the way up in there. And he got the ring. It was so gross. Anyway, the one ring. Did he go precious? <laughs> no. He goes, mine, mine. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, all right. So there's the other thing I wanted to mention, which is pretty gross. The water in the two tanks that they had to film all this in were heavily, heavily, heavily cor- uh, cor- uh, chlorinated. It was to prevent microbes from growing in it, which makes perfect sense. They have to spend a lot of time in there. This, as a result, though, caused a ton of skin burns. Many of the actors' hair had to become green and even white and started to uh, bleach, basically. Due to this, the crew had to apply Vaseline to their hair and skin for protection while filming for several hours underwater. Hmm. I, I, I've told the story about the the hot tub in Austin, right? You guys remember? No. no. Uh-huh. So we can't remember what movies we watched. How are we going to remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Do without, tell. Getting into, without getting into a lot of details, when I first moved to Austin, there was a person in my life who had a mansion. And that mansion had a hot tub, and he didn't know how to operate and maintain it. And I was over at this house all the time because whenever, you know, someone who's kind of rich, go to their place all the time. And I was in the hot tub with other people all the time. And I was probably the person who used that hot tub the most. And finally, after like a month of going over to this place and spending my life in that hot tub, I started – I I caught him doing his treatment, which was just to pour bleach like you would use on your laundry – into the water. That was his treatment, period, at the end of it. He would pour bleach into the hot tub, and that's when I realized that my pubes had turned orange. (laughs) That was the day. Wow. Yeah. And the more you smell it, the more it's working, I learned. This is a true statement, by the way. So, like, when Mm -hmm. you smell chlorine, your your thought is, oh, it's nice clean in here. They've got chlorine going. And that's Mm -hmm. true. But the reason you smell it is because... 
the microbes and pee and everything else in that pool are reacting with it, that's what creates the smell of chlorine. The chlorine smell is by caused itself. by it killing bacteria. Yes. If you don't have the bacteria, it doesn't smell like anything. It smells like water. And that wow. ruined me. Ruined me. Because <laughs> now I don't like, trust any pool. It used to be that's how I'd know if I could trust. I'd walk in and go, oh, yeah, that's the smell of a clean pool. No, no. It's the smell of a, like a disgusting pool. I just didn't know it. I had like two pair of swim shorts that I I, I, had, I hadn't noticed that they were just slowly turning white. You know, like it just <laughs> hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. And, you know, after a month of it, I looked at them and I was like, oh, wow, these things are bleached hard. Well, they're slow, right? It's a slow, uh, yeah. slow burn, slow burn, as they say. Slow burn. Uh, and Michael Bean, by the way, after reading the early script, suggested to James Cameron, his old pal, to let his character Coffee suffer from HPNS, high pressure nervous syndrome, which is called, as an explanation for the for Coffee's increasingly irrational behavior. He also gave the, uh, or sorry, he grew the mustache himself to add to the menacing nature of his character, he says. Ooh, he the, the menacing, the himself. evil mustache. Ooh. He grew it himself like like somebody else grew it for him <laughs> yeah. and he got to use it. Well, it's all right. Yeah. He's Canadian, by the way. Just a side note. Didn't know that before today or before yesterday when I was looking it up. But Michael Bean, Michael Canada, Bean. Canadian. And then he, boy, he went dark for a long time, and maybe he didn't, and I just didn't notice. But it seems like there was very little Michael Bean in Hollywood since, like Tombstone, and then suddenly. Um, I think it's just that he took lots of smaller projects because I'm looking at his IMDb page, and it's consistent from 1989 all the way up until obviously Mandalorian. Um, But it's stuff like um, a TV series of the Magnificent Seven. Maybe these are things that were in Canada. Oh, I loved that. That was a great show. I did. Oh, really? So I don't remember there being a TV series. I remember the movies. It was in the nineties. It was very good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Um, Something called Dragon Squad. Something called The Insatiable. Uh, He was in Grindhouse Mm. and Planet Terror. Okay, Uh, so we've assigned Canada to Michael Bean rather than James freaking Cameron, (laughs) (laughs) way more famous Canadian. Oh, Oh, yeah, he was on all sorts of stuff I didn't know about here. Okay, yeah, he's he's been working every year for Mm -hmm. all the way till now. Like he's got two other things in pre pre announced production since the Mandalorian gig he did just three weeks ago. Like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. I take it all back. How old is this guy? A lot of video game uh, audio too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Was a, Tons of it. There was an Alien Three TV series in 2019. Yeah, what is that? He's Hicks on the Alien Three TV audio, an Audible original. So it looks like it was. Oh. Uh, that's cool. Oh, Lance Henriksen did stuff in there. Oh, this is, yeah. Well, this is apparently on board the Sulaco are the cryogenically frozen skeleton crew of, of that film survivors, Ripley Hicks, Newton Bishop. This it looks like it might be a, uh, what happens between aliens and alien three. Oh, oh, I might actually be interested in that. Is that, yeah. you say it's on Audible? Is yeah. it the, it's on Audible, yeah. What's yeah. It, Here what's it is. The story begins after the events of Aliens with Ripley, Newt, Hicks, and Bishop still aboard the Sulaco on its return journey from LV-426. They're cryogenically frozen, traveling abroad, blah, blah, blah. They find out they're no longer alone. They're then put square in the middle of an ongoing unrest between the Union of Progressive Peoples. Oh, you know what this is? I think this is an adaptation, because you know how, like, after Aliens, the comics went continued on with the um characters mm-hmm. newt surviving and right went a different path than the than alien three did i wonder if this is like an audio adaptation of the comic books oh, the dark horse i i have this 
on do, Audible, apparently. Do you? You already have it? <laughs> so, that's uh, I could have sworn I've listened to it. <laughs> so, yeah, I no, guess. that's I cool. Guess do you, did you listen to it or you just have it? No, it's, it's just in my collection. I oh, think it was like, I think I, I think I remember getting this free. It was like a, mm. they had like a, a deal or something at one point in time. You should watch I'll that and then you. report. Or listen. Yeah, to I will. How it is. Yeah, I will watch the audible. You'll it's watch the great. audible. You'll watch as the little thing moves down the timer. Okay, that's great. <laughs> By the uh, way, but, Scott, I want I want to uh, share with you a piece of trivia on James Cameron's IMDb page that needs to be updated. Please. Um, it says here that he received a star on Canada's Walk of Fame in 2008, and said he's too cheap to pay for a star on the Hollywood <laughs> Walk of Fame. <laughs> Uh, makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Over in Toronto, they have a really cool Walk of Fame. There's about 115 people mm-hmm. uh, ensconced in there. Um, uh, it seems like uh, a lot, except it's not. Like the Hollywood Walk of Fame seems like thousands. But yeah, um, it's like ten grand a month or something in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. In upkeep, what? yeah, yeah. But uh, apparently, James Cameron did uh, finally give in and get a star in Hollywood. He's on. He was uh, put in there last year, uh, about a year ago. <laughs> December Jeez. 2019. He's only been a he's only been a billionaire filmmaker for uh 10 15 years. I can't imagine what took him so long, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's he's too cheap. That's hilarious. Maybe that's why he keeps getting divorces around. Ah, he's so cheap. <laughs> he's such a cheap. We haven't, we, haven't men- we haven't mentioned that since the last time we watched the Cameron movie. Have we watched the Cameron movie? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Terminator 2 and <laughs> I could have sworn we've watched the Cameron movie. Yeah, we've done I'm both sure. Terminator. Actually, we um, should think about this real quick. We've done both Terminators. We've done um, we we've haven't done, done more than, I mean, we've done. We need to do three aliens. Terminators, right? Haven't we done? Actually, um, maybe we shouldn't do aliens. I know we did the Christiana Loken. We did the. We did Terminator Two. Did we do Terminator One? Yes, that is on here. We did Terminator yeah. One. Yeah. Oh, of course we did. Yeah, you close. Give them to me now. Yeah, so we've now. we've watched at least the first three. Yep. Uh, oh, that's right. We did the third. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. and that's it. Is that all the Cameron we've done? And now, and now the abyss. I think that um, might be. We haven't done True Lies. We we haven't done Barracuda or whatever his his cheesy directorial debut was. I forgot what it was. It was one of those horror um, movies. I can't think of anything else. We haven't done Avatar. We didn't certainly didn't do uh, Titanic. Yeah, I think no, that's I it. I don't think we have. Yeah, Piranha well, Two: The Spawning no. was the. Oop. <laughs> doop, doop. Popeye, Popeye. See, I'm doing it again. I can hear it. <laughs> it's hard not. To. It's hard what not I was to you say is we we haven't mentioned that he's been uh, married five times, and we we usually end up talking about other people that have been married a ridiculous number of times. You know the uh, Elizabeth Taylor discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but what always comes to mind for me is Billy Bob Thornton has been married. He was to married to Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just watched yeah. him on season one of Fargo again. Uh, hold on a minute. Yeah, he was married. Billy Bob was married to who? Oh, that's hilarious. They were both in Tombstone, by the way. Tombstone connection. Billy Bob Thornton was uh, fat and ran the gambling thing and kept punching people. Do you remember him? Anyway, uh, Kurt or uh, Mike, uh, Kurt Russell kicked him out of the casino and then took over. Oh. Anyway, long story short. Uh, and so was uh, Michael Bean. Anyway, why am, I, why am I bringing that up? The point is, what Randy? Randy, what was your point? Oh, the, uh, the, uh, how many the, times Billy Bob Thornton was married? Yeah, he's, he's been married six times. Cameron five times. I always think of uh, Ben Folds. I think he's been married five times. Really, five? Yeah, that's amazing. Ben Folds five? <laughs> yeah. Why? What's um, that guy's deal? What's wrong with him? 
Larry King, right? Easy going. Well, Larry King, sure. I mean, you think of these people of a certain generation and it's not a surprise, but boy, Ben Folds is a surprise because you don't think of him in the, that same generation that, that got married and divorced a thousand times, the Mickey Rooney's and the Zsa's and the, Yeah, and I always I always want to ask yeah. why why after a point would you would you tie the knot? What do you like so much about marriage? You know what I mean? Like what what, what might be what makes you think that oh this time it's gonna work? Yeah. Like yeah. clearly, James Cameron, the problem here is you. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. doubt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that's the thing. I mean, you've got to assume that these people who if after after how many times of getting married and then divorced, at what point, what's the number where you say, Wow, maybe maybe I'm the problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh let's see, I I found oh, this is interesting. Well, he looks young for being an older dude. Anyway. He married Anna Goodman, first grade at Morrill Elementary School, someone he met in elementary, uh, 87 to 92. Then they got divorced. Uh, she co-wrote a bunch of his songs. Uh, Folds then briefly married to Kate Rosen in 96. They met somewhere. Who cares about that? Okay. But, 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 but. Uh, <laughs> then he married the romance? <laughs> Fleur Stanbrook in uh, 07 in the Venetian in Vegas. Uh, they were both based in Nashville. That did not last long. Um, as much as she says, a fold stated at that point, as much as I love the idea of being married, it's not for me, but then he yeah, married Emma, working out. Emma Sandal, an Australian uh, dancer this year. So well done. Hmm. Ben folds Good job. Ben divorces five. Well done. I just tried Googling, uh, young celebrities with many marriages. Cause I'm curious as to who the youngest celebrity <laughs> is with kind of like a, five or more marriage count yeah that's got to be like it's it's unusual it's really yeah. unusual yeah. like yeah. used to be loved by you Absolutely. i think the vast majority <laughs> of people after the third divorce they're like okay i i'm done i don't want to go through that again mm. and again yeah well you know uh your gravestone can say whatever you want to say uh, yeah. i can say uh randy good at marriage oh my gosh elizabeth taylor larry <laughs> king tied at eight mm-hmm Eight. Eight. I'm yeah. sorry. Zsa Zsa Gabor, nine. Bonnie Richard Pryor got married seven times. <laughs> what? Yes. Richard Pryor was the man. Who the hell yeah. is Bonnie Lee Blakely? Bonnie Lee oh, Blakely. Yeah. Blakely, rather. She was married to Robert Blake for a while. That's funny. Anyway, ten for her. Richard Pryor, seven. You're right. Five for Gary Oldman. Really? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, huh? Yeah. Huh. One James of them was Cameron. Helena Bonham Carter, wasn't it? Uh, I don't see it. I would stay with her. She's she's weird. She's cool. Yeah. James Cameron five. Billy Bob Thornton six. I had no idea about Thornton. I yeah, I did. Look at that guy. Sean Bean five. Sean Bean is married five times. Sean Bean. That's that's how many many times he's died. I was gonna say say, he dies that many times in one episode of a TV show. Exactly. (laughs) That's how he gets out, right? Martin Scorsese five. Pamela Anderson four. Barbara Barbara Walters four. I didn't know that. Christy Brinkley and Billy Joel four. Wait, does that mean they've been divorced and married four times? I think they've just been. Um, where is her list? I think they've been married to other people, in addition to each other, four uh, times. Those um, Catholic, the Catholic girls start way too late. That's the problem there. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. Hold four. up, Virginia. Kelsey Grammer's all yeah. about the porn ladies, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, Kelsey oh, Grammer yeah. marries like all these all these porn ladies. I mean, whatever, good, good whatever, do what you got to do. But mm-hmm. just makes me laugh that Fraser is married to porn ladies. <laughs> anyway, that was a fun side note that has nothing to do with the abyss. But let's get back to the abyss here. Um, I wrote here, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, where is it? I can't find. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wait, where is it? Wait, no, that's not it. Wait, uh, uh, where is it? Oh, I know what I found. You, I know what I found. Did okay. you name all of Tom Cruise's wives? I have two, I have two <laughs> scrutinies, okay? I know we already okay, did one, right. but I want to do them again. Scrutiny. All right, so one is, there's no way Master Antonio survives that long, that long. There's no way. She's she's brain dead at the very least. Yeah, okay? they, they, yeah they, there was a lot of hand-waving uh, um, in that scene. Yeah, like, well, I mean, her, she was basically cryogenically frozen yeah, in addition to drowning yeah but the, i don't think it, i think all that's hokum the, i don't think that right works. right the, the the science of it is is it possible maybe maybe the science is there but it, how likely are you to actually be able to do it it's kind of like when we watch flatliners it's like yeah you can't mm-hmm. you can't do it that many times all right in, so maybe the, theoretically it's possible yeah theoretically really an outlier okay so that so that still bugs me and then the other thing was you're going down to the the, the you know seventeen eighteen thousand feet below sea level, which is unheard of, impossible, blah blah blah. And so now the way you're doing it is you've got a helmet full of goo that helps you breathe, and that also equalizes the pressure because it's goo, just like the rest of the goo around the place. Mm-hmm. Your whole body, in theory, should be in that state, or it's all going to get crushed. So right, that's the thing. You have to hand wave. Your body's away. already filled with goo. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. And the and the goofs part of the of the abyss on IMDb is like full of these scientific errors, mm. and it, you just have to ignore it. Yeah. Like there, it is not possible for a human in a suit to go that deep. Not right. possible. He would be. He would be like the thickness of a piece of paper. Right. Yeah, it would just smush not, him. Just, just crush it. Uh, it'd be yeah. jelly bits. <laughs> you let it go. And the movie's fine. Yeah. You'd be like, uh, well, what we assume uh, Michael Bean looks like at this point. After he's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because he, he was just going to keep dropping. Although it blew up, I guess. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. But that blow up is just pressure. It's just I love that look on his face with his shirt all torn open, his mustache that he grew himself. Yeah. great. <laughs> Screaming at the camera. <laughs> grew this myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wasted my la- final years of my life growing this mustache. Oh. <laughs> it's it's why I kind of wish that it's twinsy movie Sphere had yes. uh had not existed and that they had just Aww. asked Michael Crichton to write this movie. Oh yeah, because, I, I agree because the book Sphere is cool. That Sphere movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Not so much. I, I hate to say it, but if you if you set me down right now and said, Brian, what you want to we want to watch the Abyss or the Sphere, and I'm like, you know what, I, I want to watch the Sphere. Of course you do. Really? Yeah, you've yeah. had you don't like so for weeks building up to this, you have made multiple comments that you are not <laughs> looking forward to watching the Abyss, and I, oh, I want to get to the bottom of it. Is it because of all the yeah. water? <laughs> you don't like movies yeah, with no, water in them. Just, uh, what does the water represent? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if okay, so Cameron has this amazing fascination with uh, you know the ocean and deep water diving, and I love his passion for that, but. For entertainment purposes, I, I, I don't know I, if the, if you had said, "Hey, this is a documentary. We're gonna, we're gonna give you some real facts." I would have been a lot better off hmm. because I feel, feel like did you, do you feel pay, claustrophobic? Like do you do you feel claustrophobic and stuff in those? Not scenes, at or? all, because I feel like Sphere. You know, same situation. I just feel like it moves along. Okay, 
obviously, if you said which is a better movie, I'm going to say, well, obviously, The Abyss. Mm-hmm. But which is which is more entertaining to me? And for my for my time spent, I'm I'm probably going to enjoy the action adventure of the spear. Interesting. More Have we done the sphere? Hey, quit, quit putting the in front of it. It's just called sphere. It's sphere. It sphere. It's the sphere. It's, it's the sphere. sphere. So I'm calling sphere. it. Oh, we did do sphere. It's okay. Sphere. So there's it's here's Foo Fighters. It's not the Foo Fighters. It's Foo Fighters. It's I'm not pretty the sure it's the Foo Fighters. <laughs> oh, it's definitely the Smashing Pumpkins. No, none of those. None of those. <laughs> Um, we did Sphere for, uh, for five years ago. For, sorry, we did. Uh, May almost five years ago. It'll be five years in May, and I don't remember doing it. So there's an example. Yeah, there's and like I said, if anybody comes Not at me and I goes, yeah. yeah, if anybody dare comes at me and says, you know, the, the, this is better than Sphere, but I'm like, eh, I'm just talking about personal <laughs> preference here. Yeah, I think I know we did it because didn't we? Didn't we decide we've done every Michael Crichton? <laughs> Yes, pretty much. We even did Timeline, and that was a poo oh, show. Timeline is terrible. That was a poo show. That's a poo show. Although maybe we didn't do the uh, what's the done... one where they come back from space with the red dust and it kills people. And well, we oh, haven't even yeah. done Jurassic Park, but but yes, we haven't done that one either. No, and we didn't do yeah. So we haven't done Jurassic yeah. Park. We haven't done the one you're talking about. I can't remember. We, do it, we didn't uh, do Andro- Andromeda Strain. Andromeda Strain. Yeah, that's we it. Tried, that's what I'm thinking we? of with the Androm- the red dust that kills people. Right, and, and if there is a movie about air uh, made from the book Airframe, which I think is my favorite uh, Michael Crichton book, I don't oh. want to. I don't want to ever see it. I they really? can't possibly turn that into a good movie, or or you know, for that matter, like really any of his books. Like the the yeah. reason he was so popular in, from the late '80s to the late '90s was because Michael Crichton would do this very intense intellectual exercise to write a book. Like you were learning so much about the subject uh, when you were reading Michael Crichton books. And it just doesn't transfer to film. Like learning about how people build the wing of an airplane is very entertaining in in his book. But my gosh, don't. Well, here's the timeline book is pretty good. I want to read this summary from Airframe. It sounds pretty interesting. I've never read it. It says the twin jet plane en route to Denver, Brian. From Mm -hmm. Hong Kong is merely a green blip half an hour off the coast of California when this call comes in to air traffic control. Social approach. This is Trans-Pacific 545. We have an emergency. The pilot requests priority clearance to land. Then comes the bombshell. He needs 40 ambulances on the runway. But nothing prepares rescue workers for the carnage they witness when they enter the plane. You know, it's going to be a good movie when it says nothing prepares the cat right, right. this event yeah did yeah. we uh so we never saw um i guess he did future world oh did he do future we never world? saw that yeah um we and we still haven't done uh, the original west world which he also did is that what you're talking about it's not listed i don't know why that one's not listed here the original west world did he, he um, did he write the first yeah he wrote the not yeah. for the show but for the the yeah. movie is his joint he didn't write a book though Oh, that I think that's what I'm because I'm looking at films based on works by. Michael oh, Crichton. I see. So, okay, yeah. Thirteenth Warrior, Andromeda Strain, Congo. We've seen Disclosure. I think we've seen um, all the Jurassic's. Well, Jurassic. Uh, we one, really three, need to see World Westworld, dude. Kingdom. Westworld '73, written and directed by Crichton, Yul Brenner, Richard Benjamin, okay. James Brolin. We have to do that. What is wrong? Yeah, with I us? feel like we need to. And uh, Terminal Man, we haven't seen. Yep. Uh, All right, really? so there's plenty that we haven't seen. Rising me. Sun, I think we saw, we right? Did see that, right? Yeah. Mm, did we? Yeah, I'm not sure, sure. because I, I've I've always had a. Oh, thing we did Rising Sun. I, yes, we did. 
Wesley Snipes and uh, and Sean Connery. Michael Douglas, no, Sean, Sean Connery. Sean that's Connery, right. Yeah, because that, that's where I got the uh, best. Hold on. Oh, this one right here. Best. No, not that one. That's the new one. Here's the one for 2016. Your best. Your best. Your best. <laughs> that, yeah, we did that in 2016. Ah, it's such a great memory episode of the show here, where we get to talk about all the old movies we did. This is good stuff. And I think on the distraction scale, we're actually not liking the episode very much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I our mean, measurement of how many other movies we bring up. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it. Okay, so I mean, that's the problem. It is a fascinating subject. It's it's a fascinating thing to view. But I mean, we've we've all really seen the trope, right? I mean, it's just it's just trope after it's, trope. Yeah, for, it's for a pile of tropes there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're not eh. wrong. And not all, eh. but, but and and that's and we get that with a lot of movies. But this is one I just really like. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what my thing is with it. I know that feels similar. It's just a just a movie I can watch and like when I watch it. <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to explain. <laughs> I don't like I said. I don't judge anybody for liking this movie. It's absolutely a great movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. How do you it's have you movie. have you come any closer to feeling that way about uh, Minority Report? Or are we still? <laughs> no, that is okay. not a good movie. It's okay. never. He's never gonna. That is not come okay. One, never gonna come around. All right, that's fine. Uh, well, then on that note, let's move on to some clips. If you guys are inclined, I am. Uh, I have them right here. In fact, let me play them for you. We're starting right off with a with a Brian Ibbett prom moment. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah. Out of the Ooh. gate. Yeah, it's uh, you were you were meeting up with your group, you know, because it's a group date often. Yeah, yeah, and right. that's what you guys were doing. And, and totally your friends, true. we totally did that. Yep. Exactly. And your friends saw you and your date, and they had this to say about your date. Oh no! Look who's with them. Queen bitch of the universe. Oh man, they were. Rude, <laughs> we didn't even talk about Chris Elliott. No, we you didn't. Mean, Chris Elliott has about a cameo. Cabin Boy? Not even a cameo. This is like a, just a minor yeah, role. Rolling shit right there. Rolling shit. Yeah. Yeah. He'll always be Cabin Boy to me. Yeah, of course. Uh, he, yeah, he, he. That surprised me. In fact, I heard his voice before you saw him because there was a part where he was talking and they weren't showing him. And I went, mm-hmm. that guy sounds like Chris Elliott. That's weird. And then the camera <laughs> panned around. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Chris Elliott's in the. I, it's the most un-Chris Elliott performance you'll ever get out of Chris Elliott, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't get to be his smarmy, uh, arrogant, kind of aloof, but arrogant kind of self. Mm-hmm. He was and, still, and I, yeah. I was just convinced that you were going to pull a different Chris Elliott quote from the end of the movie for Brian's prom date because he, he has this line at the end of the movie that's just ridiculous about how it it's big and it's rising right under us. And I'm just like, wow, that is so sexual. Shoot. There's I, something big and it's coming up. Yeah, I missed an opportunity. All right. Well, here's Kelso from uh, Star Trek and uh, uh, Scrubs. And he, he shows up again. I need them to go below 2,000. No problem. They can do that. Can you hear, you can hear that voice? <laughs> yeah. As soon as you hear they it, they know like, that he's a very young man in this. At least seemed yeah. to be. Uh, all right, Chris Elliott again. Man, if Buck goes along with this, they're gonna have to shoot her with a tranquilizer gun. Dude, he is a pisser about her. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't understand the script in this moment because the movie has to spend the entire movie convincing me that she's actually like a totally cool, normal person, and it's right for him to be still in love with her and all this. Like, why does the script? Try to convince me otherwise at this moment. That's stupid. Also, why'd they call him Bud? Did they explain that instead of Virgil? Oh, Virgil? Because everyone yeah, else had a nickname. Uh, if your name like was Snake. Virgil, wouldn't you prefer being called Bud? Every, everybody had like a, a nickname, <laughs> That's a good right? Point. It was, you know, there was Jammer, there was uh, 
uh, one night standing. Of course, the last thing was standing. So, oh, I see what they did there. But for Virgil, yeah. like, where's the bud from? What's that from? Vir- Virgil, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's laid back, man. He's hey, laid bud. back. I don't hey, know. Let me, let me analyze it for a second. He smokes buds. <laughs> he smokes buds. <laughs> he drinks hey, buds. Bud. Smokes Some buds. Kind bud. Yeah. He's a good bud maybe, to have maybe around. Maybe because he's, uh, maybe because he's just, uh, I get the thing is, is his name, right? Bud. His favorite Birdman? movie is Air Bud. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the credits, it says the bud is in quotes. So Virgil right bud whatever and mm-hmm. so that makes me think it's a nickname but i have no idea right uh, there's here's, hippie there's bud uh, there's a story that friend. you don't get that you kind of fill in for yourself oh right. world building Brian. nothing wrong world with that building. yep yep very nice we all know where Gastown is and what they have there okay check this out <laughs> this is ed harris for his first time of being really loud here you go what all right there's one <laughs> there's a lot more coming so be prepared he gets real loud. What? All right. Uh, here's a... Oh, I love this line. Virgil, you wiener. That's pretty good. Uh, I wrote that one down. I was hoping you'd capture yeah. that. You, you wiener. wiener. Yeah, you wiener. wiener. And we use that for... I don't know. We find somebody on TMS for someone we don't like. We'll, you wiener. We'll use that as a clip. <laughs> um, Hicks is back. All right. Well, what would you like us to call you? Sir? Nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Sir, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, freaking out over the rat. This is some of that bad acting I was talking about. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. You're gonna kill her! It's okay, I've done this myself. Oh, man, like, what are you, did you just drown in her? <laughs> Sounds like Joe Rogan there. Yeah, like, uh, that's true, yeah. Like you're doing this on a Fear Factor or something. <laughs> Joe, Joe yeah. Rogan, uh, pretending to be a woman. He does yeah. that a lot. Yeah, he does that sometimes. <laughs> Here's, uh, some, uh, something about rats breathing. <laughs> Damn rats breathing that shit. Oh, I love that guy. He was the yeah. worst like Southern guy stereotype because it was kind of like Yosemite Sam level of stuff. So he'd be like, well, I'll be concerned or, you know, like just like <laughs> stupid sayings that no one ever says. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's. Oh, I thought. I'd, OK. Something about World War Three. It's World War Three in a can. Oh, it's World War Three in a can. Then Ed said. What? Just kidding. All right, this is hard to hear, I wrote. So enjoy. <laughs> it's hard to hear for me because it makes me really last part, like a fart. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's what it sounds like when I'm on Underwater. my CPAP. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing surprising about any of that. Does me. that sound like a CPAP? I don't know what no, they sound like. No, oh. no, really. A CPAP just sounds like oh okay. and it's just yeah and it's, it's kind of really in the background because really the thing well, let's find out what tina says it sounds like i bet yeah. she didn't have the same description <laughs> she her big complaint is that the cpap machine i got four or five years ago or three or four years ago um is quieter than the one that she got used to the sound of the the one that i used oh. to have was perfect white noise for her. she's like oh i could fall asleep instantly to that thing this one's quiet so now we actually have to have a white noise machine in our bedroom with the oh. cpap machine oh i had to start doing brown noise um, which I prefer. That sounds <laughs> that like a brown note? I thought you meant brown note. No, oh, not brown, brown noise. Brown noise is is like a deeper, more bassy version of white noise. If and the oh, so like uh, when you're watching like uh, the next generation or something, it's like a well, here I'll ship, give you I'll give you two noise. examples. So um, this is fun. We'll do this live on the air. Uh, I'm going to pull okay. up an example of Stay white. Stay awake noise. for it though. Don't fall asleep. Yeah, nobody fall asleep for this. Your body's okay. been trained. So here's some white noise. Just just to give us a taste. Here. Almost like an ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is an ocean. Yeah. Now I'm going to change it to brown noise. 
And this is what this sounds like. <laughs> you sleep to that. There you go. It's just a deeper, lower. Oh. And there's pink noise, which sounds like someone's screaming in your ear. It's horrible. Don't do yeah. pink noise. It's real pink bad. noise. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is all true, by the way. Yeah. Look them all up. They're all actual color-coded noises. Yeah. And I'm, I always tell my Echo before bed, I'm like, play brown noise. And she'll go, playing brown noise. Back when the Does she I've... play just for a certain amount of time or does she... It's, it's on all repeat. It just goes until you tell it to stop. I mean, I can timer it if I want, but I usually sure. just have it go till morning. So, sorry. Good. Go ahead, Randy. Back when the iPhone first got apps, one of the first apps I had was a, just a touch screen with the like nine different colors on it, and you touch it, and it would play that color of noise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going around to everyone I know and finding out that about one in five actually liked pink noise, but. The other four in five hated pink noise. Uh, oh, that was really interesting to me. You know? Yeah, it's like the what's the mm-hmm. thing with uh, the food you, or the what's cilantro? Cilantro. Like yeah. To some people, oh, it tastes yeah. like soap or aluminum foil. Yeah, it's usually horrible, or you like it, and then you're the rare one. Mm-hmm. Same with pink noise. Pink noise is terrible for most people, ones. but somebody somewhere wants some pink noise. It ain't me. Okay. Uh, here's oh, where the hell did I put the screen? Okay, here we go. Here's one, uh, some, uh, some acting for you. Look, Jammer saw something down there. Something that scared the hell out of him. His mixture got screwed up. Jammer panicked. He pranked his regulator and his mixture got screwed up. But what did he see that made him panic? Well, what do you think he saw? I don't know. I don't know. She went all ASMR at the end. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. Enjoy that quiet while you have it, because we're about to get weird here. All right. So this seems this seems poignant to me right now. So I'm just going to play it. Just the current climate we're in. Okay. So all right, we're ready. Okay. Here you go. Something is going on. Come on, come on. Hippie, you think everything's a conspiracy? Everything is. Yeah. So seems <laughs> that was my favorite line of the movie. Yeah. I just have to say. Yeah. His favorite line in the movie. Everything is. Yes, you're, you are correct. Things that a conspiracist would say. Yeah. For 100, for 100 Alex. Yes. All right. Do we still say this, I wrote, because it's an old phrase. Do we say this anymore? Don't touch that. Just back away. Excusez-moi. Excusez-moi. Ah, excusez-moi. Does anyone do that anymore? Nope. Never. I bet they do in France. No, they would say pardon-moi. Pardonne-moi. Pardonne-moi. And it would be real. excuse is not a French word. Yeah. But people here where they're like, Excuse him, what? It makes me want to punch a thing. I hate it. Yeah, but it was well, all. What would you expect from a deep sea rig that has a uh, suction cup <laughs> Garfield on the window? <laughs> it did, didn't it? I like that. Yeah, I like that. You think that. Jim Davis gets money for that? Well, like, what happens there? Oh, absolutely. You think so? Jim Davis made it. I don't know. You only see it from Davis. the back, so I don't know if you can say that it's identifiable as a Garfield. Jim Jim Davis, you can say oh. without any doubt the best businessman cartoonist that has ever existed mm-hmm. the rest mm-hmm. of them they maybe are more notable gary larson freaking uh, uh, uh calvin and hobbs guy all these people are maybe more notable in the their larson. work peanuts whatever and overall but as far as like the scrappy businessman like he's yeah. the todd mcfarlane of sunday newspaper yeah comics. yeah he really is yeah it's crazy to me it's interesting dude all right uh, this is a, a, it was almost a Brian a bit prom night, but don't touch that. And I decided to use it for the top. <laughs> uh, here's a, that many times during you wouldn't have been able to come up with one single uh, time that that happened because it happened so often during my prom night. This is true. Here's something about cake. Make me proud. Piece of cake, baby. Oh, that was that girl. 
The only other girl. I always keep forgetting she was in it, but yes. Yeah. She was in it. The only, uh, the, the only thing that I connect her with is um, Flatliners. She's the woman that ah, uh, um, cool. Kevin Bacon has to make things right with. Right, right. And she was because really that was the childhood uh, bully, right? She bullied oh, right. her. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But she was one of the um she was one of the officers in Falling Down that's chasing oh, after um yes. Michael Douglas. Um I mean she's been in a ton of stuff, but oh yeah. But you always is kind right. of like that's a cool. Cameron a loves his pilot types, by the way. He loves a, mm-hmm. a, a, a um a, a contradictory characterization as a pilot of something in aliens. It's the five by five lady. And there's just something about her that's interesting and weird. In this case, this girl's, you know, I mean, the juxtaposition isn't lost on me, but you have an African-American listening to country music with a cowboy hat on. Like, he's just trying to create a look that is like a little bit like, oh, well, this is different. Like, he likes that in his pilots. I don't know why he does that. Everything Mm -hmm. he does, the pilot is a little bit just quirky and fun. Same thing with uh, Danny McBride is great as Tennessee in uh, the Alien Covenant. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Another great one. He's just into it. Just weird. All right. Mm -hmm. I guess Covenant wasn't him. And uh, uh, my collegiate hometown connection there. That's a actress named Kimberly Scott, and she's from Kingsville, Texas, where I went to college. And uh, I vaguely remember her. Like she's on the the wall of fame in the in the big theater at texas a and i kimberly scott is the order in which i'm allowed to drive my wife's car <laughs> kimberly and then scott. yeah i'm second that's right it's the it's the way i dress uh, your christmas card <laughs> <laughs> she Smart. was she was like a terrible caricature in this movie oh i, I felt, agree i, I agree felt so bad for this actress to be uh, thrown into the where you are here to look different than everyone else. Yeah, but I uh, like space. Tr- I like the space trucker concept. Again, it's not space, but this space trucker motif that's just like you know, Jim. Everyone's yeah. Jim Rayner, or everyone's got a. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's something there that I that I'm okay with, but I agree it's a little egregious in this case. And, and you couldn't tell all the men apart, and so like they had to have one of them be taller than the others. And he <laughs> and they thought he was like out in the infirmary, mm-hmm. and then the taller guy comes bursting through a door at one point, and they're all happy that he's up and around. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the only difference between him and the rest of them. He's yeah. a little bit bigger. Okay. I yeah. love that jam. Yeah. That Jammer character was fun. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Jammer. Big, great, big yeah. guy. Born as I didn't as understand the whole po- the whole point where coffee is all like. Uh, okay, so at this point in the movie, coffee is locking everybody up except for his guys, and he has That's three the guys. Bad guy. The yeah. bad guy's name coffee. Yeah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. name coffee, and uh, <laughs> Michael Bean. And so he's he he looks at one of the guys. There's three guys. He looks at one of the guys and he says, "If anybody comes to this door." shoot them. Everybody's in there except for Jammer, who's in a coma. And uh, and so I'm like, well, who are you talking to? Because there's only one other guy. There's just one yeah, guy. Yeah, that's interesting. Guy. Now that you say and that, I, like, I totally I forgot like, that. Yeah. That? Yeah, that was weird. Maybe he thought he was, yeah. Oh, maybe, but he's Kid also Brewer, crazy, too. right? He's losing it. So he, yeah, yeah. He's losing yeah. It. yeah. So who knows what's going on there? Hey, you, you spend six months growing a mustache. You'll go crazy too. <laughs> I remember thinking, I remember thinking how heroic it was that his partner decided to take those bullets out of his gun um uh, yeah that so cool. that he could right shoot yeah his. like uh you David. could you could have a service pistol your your weapon that you as a navy seal have been using for years in training 
and you could just have that. Somebody could just take the entire magazine out of it and you've got it on your person. It's in your waistband and you don't notice that it's missing the ammunition. No, Mm -hmm. those are, those guns are a lot lighter without the clip is the other thing you'd notice. Right. Yeah, for sure. I've held one. I didn't feel comfortable holding it though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, check this out. I have a friend with a ton of guns and, so, did you grow a mustache just for the <laughs> No, experience? but he did. My friend got a mustache now. But he's <laughs> got way, his basement just full of guns. And every time I'm over there, he's like, oh, you got to come see the stock freaking Bup DBM 4-5 whatever gun mm-hmm. I got. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll go look at him. And he's like, oh, you got to hold it. You got to hold it. And I'm like, is this loaded? Yeah, but don't just, you know, just keep your finger away from the drum. I'm like, dude, you're going to kill you gotta us You got to put all. your fingerprints on it. I'm, I'm committing some crimes later. Yeah, we're all going to die. So right. it's nice to know. I, when the zombies uh, come, I'll go to his house. But for now, I don't. On, on TV tropes, that is a trope called "It works better with bullets," and I just love that. <laughs> <name>. <laughs> That's great. Uh, totally. Yeah. All right. Here's something about being down there. There is something down there. Something not us. Oh, so not us then. Okay. Uh, this guy's terrible. NTIs. Oh man, that's better than UFOs. Oh, but that works too, huh? Underwater flying objects. He's just bad, dude. Yeah, that's a great line, though. Yeah, but I he's delivered that. it poorly. He's just think bad. of how much better Paxton would have delivered that line. Oh, Agree. agreed. Unidentified flying underwater flying objects, man. <laughs> Game over. I'm really leading more into the chat than I am the uh, the yeah. yeah, that's a good point. All right, here's scared by the bean. <laughs> All right, it's just a little moment there. He got scared. By it. All right, here comes uh, some long and angry acting. Not that long. It's five seconds, but it's very ang- angry. Kelnick, listen, he's about to declare war on an alien species just when they're trying to make contact with us. Please. Okay. All right. She was good, Upset. by the way. I just want to throw a little. She, was, really she yeah. was great. Yeah, she's a good actress. I haven't seen I just her felt, much. I, I lately, felt though. like James Cameron have some kind of misogyny when putting pen to paper, mm. like constantly. I, I don't I don't understand why that character was so uneven. Well, he's a manly you know? man, that James Cameron, you know. He likes to likes to do manly things and that is part of that is to <laughs> tell the women keep put them in their place is what he's saying to those ladies. Yeah. Uh here you want to hear Ed Harris uh go under? Here's what that sounds like. <laughs> Only thing that would have made that better would have been like a at the end. <laughs> All right. He's really bad in this again. He can't make it to the door. He's going to try and take him out himself. Okay. All right, buddy. You're terrible. Uh, Ed Harris, uh, uh, scream. All right. Is one of them. Wow. <laughs> There's more coming. That's a heavy scene though. That's a, such a hard scene to watch. Uh, really him watching to watch. her drown. Yeah. I didn't like that bit. Uh, this is their relationship. Hurry up. I'm coming, baby. Pantyhose on. All right, that's pretty much it. He told he said keep your pantyhose on no no fewer than three times. Yeah, mm-hmm. another potential yeah, Ibit prom night line. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty. That was a bit TMI though. Yeah. <laughs> pantyhose on. Yeah, for sure. All right, here's Bean's death sound. Him yelling. It's pretty good. <laughs> he has one of the most iconic scenes uh, in this film when he's sitting there in, in that one room. He's pulling the chain. Oh and, yeah, and, just and thinking, like basically starting to 
yeah. really dive into his madness. Yeah, know? really losing it. I, I thought that was, I was fantastic. I was thinking about that during the fight scene, like when he's holding the knife and he and Ed Harris are facing off, that really there's a few scenes or few parts of that where it's just them and a cameraman because the, he's looking directly at you right and you're supposed to be seeing it from ed harris's point of view but it's just right. him like dancing around with that knife with a cameraman did anyone yeah. else did anyone else feel the specter of alfred hitchcock here yeah I can feel uh, that. a little i mean it's got just that, that scene, rear window yeah. kind of you know vibe there were, of, yeah there were just a couple of times in this movie when like ed harris is carrying this awful look at pipe and he's sneaking up on Michael mm. Bean from behind. And I'm just like, is he going to hit him? Is he going to kill him? Mm. What's he thinking right now? Like that all was just all felt very Hitchcocky into me. Yeah. That, that whole scene was just wonderfully. I mean, as, as weird as it was, it was wonderfully shot and, and editing was just fantastic because I was really feeling the whole, you know, I was feeling the whole emotion of oh no he can't do it I thought he might be able to do it because look at Ed Harris he's a pretty good looking uh, muscle bound kind of guy but yeah. then then the wife goes uh, yeah um, he, he's he's going against a trained killer and I'm like oh she's right he's crazy and he's a trained killer yeah. and everything that was coming up in that and I'm like oh don't reach for the gun just hit him with the yeah. beam bonk him with the pipe and then yeah. and then you can take the gun yeah yeah so that, that was a really good it was a really scene. good little scene uh, mm-hmm. I was gonna say something else about that I forgot. Crap. So I won't. I won't worry about it unless I think of it later. Oh, no, it was. Uh, there's some some trivia that uh, I didn't read it earlier, but Spielberg apparently studied this and Aliens, two mm-hmm. James Cameron projects for um, sound work that he wanted to do with Jurassic Park. So it was oh, like he used these as, a, as an example of that. And I guess these were kind of I was looking around. Was, they're pretty renowned for their. Yeah, uh, this work. was they. Yeah, they work with ILM, and uh, I think is a is is a byproduct of that. This was the first uh, THX laser disc. Oh right! Uh, oh wow! That came yeah. out a yeah. whole whopping three disc, uh, two sides for each disc. That's six flips, my friend. Whoa! Six That's flips. a lot. That is a lot of flips. I think I've got. I think the Star Wars version that I have is is three discs. Right. Uh, per it? movie, oh, wow. it's like a nine disc set, but but that last disc might be all bonus stuff. I can't remember. Laser disc. It's the, the eight. Yeah. Eight more, track. I was. I could have been more stoked when I got my um two uh, sided uh, player. It would play both sides. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 I had to change. Went to flip. It's the cassette tape of laser discs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Just um, imagine. Imagine if the Lord of the Rings extended versions were on laser. <laughs> I mean, those uh, things are like four hours. That two towers thing's like four hours. That would be probably close to eight flips, or yeah. maybe ten. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, we could, we could work it out. That was all constrained by time, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. It's only so many grooves, laser grooves. <laughs> Times have changed. Like so many laser grooves. <laughs> it's a good point. To, it's a good thing to say in general. All right, here's Ed Harris saying, doing the swear of the movie. As far as I'm concerned, here it is. Son of a bitch. Just a great yeah. Movie, man. He's put it out there, didn't he? The way he did at the end there. Son of a bitch! Oh, that's just powerful. <laughs> just that one bit. Son of a bitch! Oh man! Mm-hmm. All right. That, that was actually out that yeah. last word. Yeah, yeah, yeah for right. Sure. Yeah, that, they actually just caught that because he was still mad at uh, Cameron. Yes. Cameron. That was right after yeah. he punched Cameron. Yeah, yeah. It's like right almost made that. me drown. You son of a bitch. Keep rolling. <laughs> All right. Here's Ed. Ed Harris saying no. And when I mean saying, I mean yelling. Right. (laughs) 
Is there Harris? Was that before or after he had the high ground on the lava planet? Was that? No. I was also thinking of episode three. Well, this is him again doing it again. No! All right. It's another one. Uh, here's another one. Do it! All right. Do it. Let's do it. That's him pulling out his inner Shia LaBeouf, who's in big trouble right now. That mm-hmm. sounds like a lay hole. Uh, Ed Harris, uh, fight or flight? No, no, no. Fight, fight. Fight! Fight! Okay, there's that. And then there's this big long one. Fight! Jeez. <laughs> he, he, he put it all out there, man. That's something, yeah. man. Um, and then finally. It's not easy being a cast iron bitch. All right. Well done, everybody. Well done. We did it. <laughs> It's the Film Sack Checklist. This is somehow 4x3 on Amazon Prime and no one's been fired yet. Check. <laughs> Never take on Karate Bean in the Pod Launcher Bay. Check. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Karate Bean. Pod Fight. Check. Uh, Kelso's Black back Black in this Black thing. Black dies first, by yeah, the way. You're, yep, you're right. Well done. Uh, ba- uh, Kelso, as we mentioned earlier from Scrubs, is back in this. He was on Star Trek, but I know that Randy has scooped up other Trek connections today. Randy, what'd you find? Uh, so yeah, besides Ken Jenkins, and I don't know if you're tired of us mentioning Ken Jenkins, but it does feel like we mentioned him a lot. Mm. Uh, Sally Stevens, uh, she's credited in the abyss and we've also mentioned her many times because she's the studio contracted singer who appeared in everything from Star Trek, the motion picture to the voyage home to she was in Star Trek beyond. She's got a credit in that. So I'm thinking maybe she's that voice in the theme song of Star Trek. Oh, I think. That one. There we go. That's okay. what I was hoping for. Um, <laughs> Sally that a theremin? I thought that was a theremin. I did too. I did too. But apparently, according to <laughs> Hammond, he told me he he set me straight. Hammond's like that is not a theremin. I'm like okay. Well, I, I think then? we've just associated. We just assume it, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. So I want. I have a trivia question here in these Star Trek connections. Guess who? One person, one actor was credited in both The Abyss and Star Trek Enterprise. All of that series, oh. which we we rarely name Enterprise. I don't know why it's it's rarely our connection side. Of, uh, Jeffrey yeah. Combs. Jeffrey Combs. No, yes. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Who is it? <laughs> it's Mikhail Gorbachev was what? credited in no, both of those. Because the intro, oh. the intro with the been longer, yeah. that whole and thing, then, and then he's shown in the uh, the spaceship as like yeah. here's some. Here's some bad things about humanity. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we were in the thick of like Cold War business in 89. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's hilarious. That's my that might be my favorite connection in Star Trek history. That's really good. Yeah. Well done. Uh all right. Let's get to the uh soundtrack grade. I give it an SAH for Sylvester is Hell. This guy works a lot with Cameron. Speaking of who he brought forward with him, he worked with him a lot. And uh it's totally his signature music, and it's fine. It works fine. It's intense and it's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah. It's not, you know, you're not going to go home and tell everyone to buy the album, but it's fine. Uh, Okay, Twitter post. This is where, let me explain this, where in 280 characters, yeah, I know, that seems crazy, or less, you guys sum up this film. Let's start uh, with Randy. The Abyss. Get ready to be trapped inside a completely moist space with about 10 people, and of course, eight of them are men. Just imagine what this place must smell like after a while. 
probably like a middle school boys locker room at 3 p.m. on a Thursday. Oh, Whoa! Saturday night at Ibbett's house coming, but didn't happen. You like waved your other hand, and I was watching right. your other hand and got totally right. distracted. Yeah, where did that Smacked card go? right in the face. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, other people are like, middle school boys locker room. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. just a Dorito farm. It's bad. Sweaty gym yeah. socks. Can't Gross. open a window in there. Nope. Uh, okay, then Brian Dunaway. Uh, the abyss. Half shirt coffee is about a half shirt short of a full cup. Hashtag I grew this mustache myself. <laughs> <laughs> you really like that he did that. I yeah, I like yeah. that you grow it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> grow it himself. It's I'd not... like someone to grow my beard for me. Yeah, yeah me too. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. What are you doing right now? Right this second? I'm growing my mustache. Growing it. Mine gets scraggly. Growing I got to comb it, and I don't want to do any of that. Then I cut it. Uh, next Just up. remember, at oh. all times, you're growing facial hair. That's true. At all times. Every minute. You don't get to day. say you're not growing a beard. You are growing a beard right this minute. Well, unless you got the alopecia or something, right? Those people are never growing a hair, right? Well, distant spots, right? I mean, no, I think they don't get hair anywhere. Joke. If you have over, al- yeah. No, I get your joke. But the alopecia folks, they don't have... <laughs> They don't get any hair. <laughs> joke. It just wasn't funny. They don't have Ow. They don't have yeah, yeah, any yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but really. Ow. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. But you made me think of alopecia when you said that. I couldn't help it. I had to go there. All right. Anyway, I have a friend with it, and has, he has drawn-on eyebrows. And he, no hair. Hmm. No body hair of any yeah. kind. Does uh, he have to change them when he's surprised? Like erase no, them and draw I asked him that, <laughs> Hold on a second. I'll be right back. I asked him that. I said <laughs> he was going to get the the goal. And I don't know if he's done it. It's been a while since I've seen him, but he was going to get tattoos. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Instead That's of doing makeup. Do. Yeah. yeah. So you just get eyebrow tattoos. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, it's Brian Nibbets. No. Did you go? Yeah, you Not went. yet. Oh, no. You go. It's your turn. The Abyss. I know it's been a while since we've seen this movie, but trust me, you grew up on this thing for nine months in 1989. You'll uh, remember. <laughs> nice. Nice. Nicely said. Yeah. Uh, now this. Whoa. Hey, shit. Where are you going there, soundboard? Hold on a minute. There we go. Hey, look at this. Alternate titles. It's oh, It was almost called Michael Bean a little off lately. <laughs> or Taste the Seawater Snake. Okay. Oh, so gross. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. That was a runner-up down away from my gross thing. I didn't like. Oh, it, it had to be. I was like, oh, this yeah. has got to be the thing. Yeah, even though it's just because it includes she stuck her finger in her mouth. Right. Right. And went like <laughs> did like a full <laughs> full extraction. <laughs> what is yeah, that? Like seawater. <laughs> <laughs> if that, what did you think it was going to taste like? You know like? what should have? Oh happened? my god! This what if it didn't taste like seawater? What this, was she going to do? Look, this <laughs> is what should have happened. That 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 water tube because it was so smart to be able to turn into her face and make you know, make expressions right. and everything. What should have happened is when she went out, poked it in the forehead and came back and tasted it right when it's in her mouth, that thing should have played a joke on her and turned into a little butthole. Like a little, oh, that'd be <laughs> so it looked like she just fingered a oh. water butthole and oh. ate it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. Moving on. Uh, alternate titles I already did. So now it's time for, uh, uh, emails. This is from Matt in Salt Lake city, uh, local. Hello, Matt. Thank you for writing in. He says, uh, Hey Sacker, since you forced me to watch cutthroat Island, Amazon is recommending other crummy movies now, like King Solomon's Mines. Y'all have talked about this one before. Please don't make me watch this. Forever yours, uh, or forever your movie salve, slave, sorry, spelled it wrong, Matt in Salt Lake City. Uh, Agreed. What what is King Solomon's Mines? I don't know. Was that the sequel to Alan Quartermain? Yes, yes, I believe it was. Okay. Okay. City Gold, and then that was the sequel, which just didn't have Alan Quartermain in the title. So this is old. Oh, This is Richard Chamberlain, Sharon Stone. No. John Rice Davies. No. 
1985. Oh, is that a remake? Because there's a 1951 as well. Yeah, you're you're thinking of the mm-hmm. yeah. This this is a 1985 version. Uh, oh Chamberlain. well, then we should. Yeah, we should watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for thanks for reminding us about it and asking us not to watch it, so you don't have to. <laughs> right. Now we're gonna watch it, so you have to watch it. I've wow. got them. I've got them all in a list here. Like we're gonna eventually watch Jewel of the Nile and Romancing the Stone, and just mm, like Romancing the Stone, every one of these kind of movies. We'll we'll see them eventually. Did we not do Romancing the Stone? We no, did nope, not. We not did yet. Not. But yeah, why is that I still amazing? think uh, Alan Quartermain in the Lost City of Gold, which is the follow up to this one, is a, a superior film. This is yeah. the better one to watch? I mean, we've done sequels yeah. first, so I don't have a problem right. If we can find it. Uh, That's funny because I thought they came on the opposite order, but you're you're, you're right. Hey, you're like those puppets that are like phone phone. Ring ring ring. I love those guys. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you for that, Matt. We will look into it. Also, just a quick shout out to Brian Horton, um, who heard a who. Just kidding. Uh, on show, uh, I wanted to mention that we he sent us copies of Final Destination three, and I never oh. thanked him on the air. So I just wanted oh, to say thank you thank for that. that. Uh, uh, Brian and I'm pretty sure I've mailed these to you guys already in packs of three or whatever I've sent everyone but uh, if I haven't I will but anyway Final Destination 3 was sent here and I don't remember if that was for us to watch or just because he liked that one I don't remember and it's not the Final Destination that we watched uh, no recently we did did one and four right Mm -hmm. right I think that's right yeah I don't think we did three yet oh it's so it's so confusing when there's multiple finals of anything right Final destination. Yeah, we did two. It's a never ending story. Well, we did two. Sequel? We did one and two. We did not. We've not done anything past two. So maybe. Oh, really? Go- I thought we'd know. We did the more recent one, didn't we? Tell nope. us where we did the more recent we did one. Not. We did. Don't lie to me. We Don't know. lie to me. We have de- Final Destination 2 back in April, and we did Final, or sorry, Final Destination 1 back in April, and in May, we did two. Nothing, nothing else. Okay. Yeah, I've learned for this episode, and I always forget at the beginning of every episode, and then I do it, and then I remember, remind myself to not do it for the rest of the episode, is think that we've done something that we haven't and say, wait, no, we've done that one, and I've learned oh, my lesson on. for this episode. Don't worry, next week, I'll be back to forgetting that I realized oh, good. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Oh, good. Because when we do that, we're going to be watching The Christmas Prince on Netflix, which I have zero. Oh, we've seen that, haven't we? <laughs> I have zero knowledge of this film. Don't know anything yeah. about it. Do we know what it is? If, I mean, oh, uh, so here's what we know, okay? And you're gonna you're gonna want to be careful and search this up correctly because uh, the point here is we're gonna watch a Hallmark movie, but we don't want to watch a Hallmark movie. Like mm. uh, Hallmark has never made a Christmas holiday movie that rose above the rest. They've all just been the same average schlock, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Netflix decided to get into this business a few years ago, and they started a series that there's, there's now a bunch of movies in, and it's called A Christmas Prince. And it actually has outperformed. Like there mm-hmm. are actually people who watch this every year now and they, you know, are, uh, you know, they're calling it a, 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 you know, new classic, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I have tried really, really hard to not know anything else about it. I just know it's a Christmas Prince. It's on Netflix. There's a bunch of uh, sequels. Okay. And this is not to be confused. There's a TV movie called the Christmas Prince. You don't want that. This is the one that's a Netflix original. Called the a Christmas Prince. There may be a sequel or something either in the works or already out. But this came out in 2017. I just want to make sure people are clear that it's not. Don't go hunt out their other name. There are other shows with this name, and they're not the ones. This is the 2017 movie Netflix original. You can't get it anywhere but Netflix. And uh, by the way, 
Alice Krieg is in this. You know her as the Borg Queen. She's awesome. Oh. Oh. Love that lady and everything. She's so cool. Prepare for your Christmas to be assimilated. Oh, man. She's awesome. <laughs> she's so cool. She was so cool in uh, Deadwood, even. She had an amazing little small role in Deadwood. She's awesome. It's just, love it. It's just, what, it just blows my mind. Like, I just looked at it on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't know how. Yeah. I can't explain it. It might be good. We might be like, oh, look at this. Okay. I mean, I'm not count you know whatever we were doing it for science so watch for that <laughs> for the science now the week after that yeah. is the holiday and so what we decided to do was bring you a watch along that week and we're just going to put it out there right now if you have hulu you have access to it uh x files has an episode called the ghost the ghosts stole christmas or how the ghost stole christmas sorry i'm not reading that right and uh we're going to watch that as like a live watch along so you have this fun christmas day thing we'll put it out on christmas day and, I, uh, I've been imagining that we have listeners who have the X Files DVDs sitting on the shelf. Oh yeah, I actually still have all the X Files <laughs> video cassettes, and I don't know why I'm still keeping them. I don't know what to do with them, but I have the first two seasons fully on video cassette because they came with trading cards by um, oh, who's the uh, Dilsinkevich? Oh, you love him. Just, um, I love his artwork, and yeah. I and got those at a discount just for the cards that uh, came with them. Yeah, that guy. Oh, I'm looking at his work right now. He's so good. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Um, all right. Well, that's all good news. Um, moving forward, Christmas time is here, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. That'll be next week at Christmas Prince. And then after that, that X Files episode. And then after that, oh man, it's 2021, and we'll see what happens there. Someone someone uh, reminded us this morning on Twitter Sunshine is on Hulu, and we should watch it. And that is absolutely my priority moving forward. So uh, when we're done with Christmas, Freaking when we're done with Christmas, sunshine, baby. Love yeah. that movie. Christmas is done. Uh, and, that's it. And we've all and we've gotten a ton of people saying cliffhanger as well. So oh, right. yeah. that's a that'll be happening in January as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cliffhanger's got to happen. So all of that and more coming up for a fresh new year of FilmSack. In the meantime, before we see you next week, check out the website filmsack.com. Leave us an email, filmsack at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at filmsack. And if you leave reviews for podcasts on your various services and directories. Leave one for us. Those positive reviews give us all sorts of exposure and expose the show to new people. So do that for us this Christmas season. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. The Queen Butcher of the Universe. We'll see see you next time. That was really good. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. You wiener. Yeah, still my favorite. <laughs>